Once again, the game is about to change. Everybody, drop your buffs. We are merged. Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. It is Wednesday, April 22nd, and this day got off to a more newsy start than usual, kind of catching me off guard as it wasn't on Twitter for the first, I don't know, until the afternoon, and then I came online and my gosh, everything was everything was sort of blowing up. All this talk about merge suddenly happening, ATP WTA, which has been talked about a lot, but all of a sudden there were some new voices, some new forces in the conversation, some new enthusiasm, and all of it was pretty uh, confusing to me in this in this interesting time. It seems like I don't know. Today seemed like a weird day. I want to talk about it because it involves WTA corporate sort of issues. Courtney obviously is recusing herself from this one, so I am delighted to be once again joined by. NCR's Middle East correspondent, Reem Abulail. Reem, thank you for being on here to make sense of this, uh, this weird day. I, I mean, I mean people, other, other people don't think it's weird, but to us, it's weird. This weird day in tennis machinations. Reem, how you doing? I'm all right, but I agree. It, it's been weird, and it took me by surprise. So what, let's start with you. You were uh, presumably more alert when these things happened. What was your first reaction? Let, let me let me read through what started this off, which was tweets by Roger Federer. Um, Roger Federer tweets and i'll just read you know the relevant ones here just wondering dot 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 am i the only one thinking that now is the time for men's and women's tennis to be united and come together as one i'm not talking about merging the competition on the court but merging the two governing bodies atp and wta that oversee the men's and women's professional tours and he responds to a fan i agree with you it's too confusing for the fans when there are different ranking systems different logos different websites different tournament categories it probably should have happened a long time ago, but maybe now is really the time. These are tough times in every sport, and we can come out of this with two weakened bodies or one stronger body. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you forgot there was also one of the responses where he said, I am picturing a merger between the WTA and ATP. And he had an emoji yes. with it. A little handshake emoji, right? Exactly. So, Okay. Let me start with my first, I, I, I tweeted out a photo of the sort of homeland wall previously, um, which is my sort of thoughts watching this. What just, I, I see, I wonder what, and I've wondered this for a week or so now in tennis, like what's moving all these things that are happening in tennis, include, and I'm going to sound very conspiratorial here for this episode, so forgive me in advance, but like all of, I don't know, let's start with this. Do you think that Roger Federer is just wondering, let's start with his premise of these, of this sort of tweet thread, or do you think there's like some sort of larger thing building up here? Because Roger's not the kind of person who ever, that I can remember, previously just popped on for a morning musing on Twitter. Definitely something this big and, and a big statement like that and breaking it down and actually explaining what he has in mind and then having Rafa Nadal a while after that retweet it and say he agrees according to their previous discussion. And then Vashik Pospisil, who is a very active ATP Player Council member, after that say, well, the ATP came to us players with this idea in January. So obviously, it's not just wondering. Yeah, what was your reaction Reem, when you when you first uh, saw this balloon being floated by, by Roger? I was definitely surprised. And I think you I was talking to you about that is that I've been working on the story for a while, talking to all these different people, including people from squash, because 
um, the squash tours merged at the end of 2014. So I was kind of uh, talking to the executives there to kind of understand what was the reasoning, how did it work out, what's the reaction from both players, has it been beneficial. I know squash and tennis are completely different, but at the same time, it was just something to get an idea and understand a little bit. So I had been working on this as in just a hypothetical scenario. And I actually had done an interview with someone about this and an hour later Roger tweets this so I was definitely shocked like I I was like how <laughs> how because when I was doing that I was interviewing Darren Cahill Simona's coach because he's he's very pro uh, the idea of merging the tours and he had been talking about it for years and actually Simona Halep told me a couple of years ago in Madrid that she wishes there was one tour so I kind of knew that Darren would be insightful and literally an hour later Roger tweets this uh, I definitely am very surprised and I don't know why now, I guess why now is because of the coronavirus, but also none of like all of the stuff that Roger is saying about it's too confusing for the fans and the different ranking systems and the logos and the websites and all of that. That's been the case forever. That's not something new. Forever. Yeah, we, I mean, I talked about this a little a little bit on past, past podcasts with Mark Ines, the Washington tournament director of a combined event. And one of the things we were saying is obviously that, like, if there's a long, and other people have said this too, this isn't our lone thought, but if there is a long stoppage to the tour, it is potentially a chance for a reset in lots of different ways. And obviously, but Merge is kind of like the most extreme example. And and yes, it's been talked about before. I mean, you know, people, Billie Jean talked about how in the early days of the tour, uh, she wanted just, you know, one tour, but the guys were not interested and the guys have not been interested pretty consistently for over the decades. Um, so it's just a question of what suddenly made it shift. And I mean, the Rafa Nadal thing is where things started getting really weird for me because Roger has been um, pretty, pretty warm, relatively warm towards women's tennis in his time as a big public figure in men's tennis. Um, and he's been supportive of equal prize money. But Nadal has been very skeptical and very kind of resentful of any time he gets asked about women's tennis or the women's tour. And so for him to now say, I completely agree that it would be be great to get out of this world crisis with the union of men's and women's tennis in one organization. I'm just sort of, I'm immediately wondering like what the the machinations are to get Nadal to shift this dramatically. Because as you tweeted the video, Raymond, we can put some, I'll put some audio of it here and then we can talk about it after. So here's the video from 2019, uh, Australian Open with Nadal being asked by George Belshaw of Metro, I believe, about uh, the idea of a merge tour and Nadal being confused and skeptical. I I don't know why you are trying all the time to create this kind of stories on this uh, on this on this thing. I as you know, I I love the the women's tennis and I I I feel that uh, they they can win as much as as they want. Uh, it's not about equal or not equal prize money. I, I don't care if they win more than us. You know, uh, that's that's the real thing. If if they sell more tickets than what we sell tickets, they deserve to more than us, and that's very very easy to understand. It's not about being male or women. You know, uh, doesn't matter. We are the same. So if if they sell more than us, they have to to win more than us. To see the two tours integrated then. So, so? Of, would you like to see the two tours integrated at any point so they could sell, <coughs> sell together? You know, so it's not about two genders and just all sell. Why? I don't know. I it's don't get the might, point. Might be a stronger product, you know. Why is a stronger product? I, I, I don't know. Some people do think that. 
maybe and some people not uh, and I, I I don't know I, I don't have the whole information to know if that uh, stronger product or or not a stronger product who knows you, you need to take an analysis is I am not the right person the, the right person to to answer that because I don't have the whole information you have to ask the, the tournaments you have to ask the the ATP you have to ask the ITF and you have to ask the the um, the WTA uh, they have much more information that than, than what I have, and uh, uh, it's a very sensible thing today in, in this world talking about men or women, and we arrive to, to one moment that you even can't have a, an opinion because anything that you you say is going against you, so <laughs> I will not be the one that I'm going to tell you anything in this moment. You know? So yeah, Reem... You had the same reaction as me to the Nadal thing. That seems like almost like a more dramatic, like something's up than Roger. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I posted it is because I'm I'm actually working on this piece and I have been working on it. So I had already been researching a lot of previous responses related to this. So I posted the Nadal video and I posted Billie Jean King talking to us in Singapore in 2018 also about this. And I believe it's important to put out there context and put uh, put out their previous statements that provide context proper context and also to see how things are evolving and what are the reasons behind the shift in thought or shift in behavior or even like Nadal said in his video he said I don't have enough information I genuinely want to know what is the new information have the tours like has has the ATP looked into it and realized that it's actually going to be beneficial in what way these are questions that are in everyone's mind at the moment or on my mind and I think it's very important to 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 understand because the at the end of the day, if if you have been saying something repeatedly and now you're changing your mind, great, we all change our minds. But why? And is that opinion here to stay? And I'm not just talking about Rafa, I'm talking in general. So th- that that's why I put out that video and why I think in general it's important. And I will be putting up other videos because I film a lot of stuff on tour as well. And I, anytime I find something relevant to that, I will I will put it out there. Yeah, actually, you mentioned the Billie Jean clip. Let's uh, put that audio in here now, if we can, of Billie Jean talking about this issue, as she has many times before. Uh, but this was recently in 2018 Singapore. Here is Billie Jean King. But we had been fighting for years to have the WTA. It just took time. And I had gone to the men and said, why don't we do it together, have a union or association together? And they said no. So that's why we went to Plan B and why we have men's uh, ATP and women's WTA. But I think that was a big mistake. They still don't want us. But someday, I don't know if it's before I'll die or not, but if they, if they were smart, we would have been together from day one because we should have owned the Grand Slams too. I mean, we just should have. There's, if I'd had my vision, it's very different from what I envisioned, but we were pretty good with plan B, I think. <laughs> but I think we should be together a lot more. I think men and women should think about each other being together a lot more than they do in every uh, phase of life. Yeah, so I- Again, I, I think a lot of people who are more casual observer of the sport or certainly do not work in tennis the way that we do would look at this and be like, oh, great news. They're coming together. Yay. But like we and part of me does think that like I do, like when they when they had the combined logos for the tours and they had the Tennis United thing before I realized what exactly Tennis United was, that it was a, a web show that Vashik Pospisil and Bethany Maddox-Sands were hosting together. The idea that they were doing some sort of joint ventures 
was really encouraging and great and they were cooperating which they so rarely do and even like all these press releases they've had during this coronavirus time which have been you know joint atp wta releases which is something that never happens in tennis they're coordinating this issue about the rankings freeze whether or not they should count weeks at number one during the uh tour stoppage right now that was a coordinated conversation the tours had with each other they wanted to have the same answer to that question for uniformity so they talked to each other a lot which made that decision a little bit slower but at least made it coordinated and that these are just things that don't happen and in that way you know i ship it but i also when it's coming so suddenly from one side from the top of the men's game nadal especially um who's been so openly skeptical of this yeah i just i just i start wondering things and wonder about what's going on in the sport right now uh i don't know if this is related or not but there's been all of these like and then maybe this is getting a little bit homeland wall already but like all of these Instagram lives that are happening now with all these players talking to each other, that's which is made to look organic. That can't be organic as it looks. And someone's behind that. There's other things. Seriously, there's other things going on in the sport now that are just like that. I, I don't see. And obviously, I could do I'll do a more report on this, but I'm just doing a more of reaction sort of pundit take here first. Yeah, there, there are things there are things moving in the sport that I don't totally understand. And that makes me naturally as a journalist sort of suspect of things i'm 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 wary of what's going on right now and especially today how fast it all seems to be moving look i totally agree uh, that i in my mind i'm thinking look how new it was for us to receive a joint press release okay from oh, yeah. the atp and and look how new it was for us to see um uh, a show like tennis united uh, hosted by WTA and ATP and shared on both their platforms. That's new, okay? That was, for me, that's like, wow. And and seeing Sasha's better workout with Venus and Venus workout with Dimitrov on Instagram Lives, again, this is yeah. relatively new. Whether they were working out together, when not in front of a camera, because they know each other or train in the same place, and that maybe happens, but again, that's new to us. So, how for me, it's quite... Uh, quick how we went from press releases together and things like that to a talk of merger because a merger is huge and it affects so much so the escalation of this was quite rapid uh yeah so i'm i'm with you i'm one of the people in general because I cover other sports and because i was always so fascinated by the fact that the squash tours got merged a couple of years ago, I was really into this idea. And that's why when I, I spoke to Simona Halep about it and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is, this could be very cool. Uh, obviously, Billie Jean King has been talking about it forever. But I was like thinking in this era right now, it would be cool. But then I was like, but there's so many question marks. So I understand the excitement. And obviously, because people respect Roger and Roger coming out and putting out uh, several tweets about this, I understand the excitement. But for me, the initial reaction is like, hold up, like, wow, there, there's a lot of things to look at. And there are things that even I don't understand that I would like to know more about. Can we, can we just sort of to give more insider context, can we each, if, I'm, I'm guessing you have some, share some sort of behind the scenes stories about how these tours don't get along, which I feel like is important context for people who are coming to this or how they, they coexist and share space, but are often sort of at odds with each other or conflicting with each other. The one that always jumps out to me, and this is not even that big a deal, but there was this time where it was in Miami in 2012. There was an ATP comms rep there who was setting up for a press conference. And behind the press conference backdrop was that normal standard um, 
backdrop, you know, with all the tiled logos. I'm sure there's a term for this in the industry, you know, where it's like the different sponsor logos and the tour logos and the tournament logo and everything. And it's sort of a, a mosaic behind the player, behind the backdrop. And this communications manager for the ATP wanted so desperately for everyone to find camera angles that did not show any WTA logos behind their player. Like they didn't want WTA being anywhere in this shot of ATP players. They just thought that was completely wrong. That was promoting the wrong brand should only be ATP in this backdrop. And this was like an impossible thing. This is a, you know, essentially a tapestry of logos. And he was trying to have people like zoom and crop and do things to get it. So there were no, no purple ovals for WTA present. And it was such a futile exercise, but he was so eager to make sure WTA was locked out of this. I don't even know, like David Ferrer press conference or something that was that important to him. And it was bad. It just, I was like, wow, this is really petty. Like that they, they're so mad. Like this is joint tournament that one of their, a video about their player might acknowledge that WTA is a thing that exists, you know? So that always stuck with me, that example. I remember in Madrid a few years ago, the WTA and ATP don't have their media days and all access hour on the same day. If I'm not mistaken, one of them was in a different day than the other. So, and the WTA were using the space where it's like a game room where they have a ping pong table and a couple of games and stuff. Uh, and it's also an area close to where the players warm up and warm down and stuff. Uh, but it was before the tournament started, obviously. So the top eight seeds of the WTA tournament, and it's actually a premier mandatory, that tournament. So you, you have the top eight seeds, not the top four. We're coming to, to that area to do press. And an ATP player uh, was playing uh, some pool, shooting some pool, and he refused to leave until he finished his game. And he was very offended that an, a WTA communications person who was very polite went and told him very politely, do you mind because the players are coming? Mind you, the men also use this space for their ATP media, uh, media day. Obviously, they would have also needed to clear out that area for them. And I remember that looking at that, I'm like, it should be a no-brainer. Like, you're shooting some pool. You will live. Like, you can leave this game, and you will be fine. So that was, like, a small incident that I saw, and I, I don't know why it stayed with me. For me, the most recent example, the glaring, glaring example that we need to realize how quick everything is happening right now is because just in January, the ATP Cup took over the Brisbane exactly. venue and relegated the WTA event for the first few days and relegated all these top players at a premier event to play in outside courts and took over center court without even thinking about it and how it would affect anything. And for me, if this happened three months ago, then let's stop and analyze this because this is too recent to forget. <laughs> yeah. Completely. And this is, you know, there is a new head of the ATP, uh, Gaudenzi, who's taken over for Chris Kermode starting at the beginning of this year. And maybe this timing shows that and maybe some of his comments in interviews he's done uh, talking in sort of more vague terms about ATP WTA unity, maybe he has a different approach to this. Maybe he is more of a uniter or and again, we don't know the terms of this this un union either. This could be uh I don't know if and I look up the business terms about hostile takeovers, which I think refer to a very specific thing in a merge, but we don't know the terms on which the men and women want to come together either. If, and this is, I think could be something the men, I'm not sure how much they're thinking about this at all, but like if the men and women come together under one umbrella and you can talk about squash with this, like they would, in my opinion, the men and women would have to be 
equal, certainly at the very least equal pay everywhere at every tournament if you're going to be equal you cannot have the op because really their best argument i don't even think it's that good but their best argument against equal pay currently at combined events like rome like canada like cincinnati is that hey you know we're different tours and we have different organizations and these are slightly different tiers or whatever if you merge and have like roger's talking about different you know classific same classifications of, of tours Yes, that would be great for understanding and comprehension of fans, because we could all love to get rid of the Premier Mandatory, Premier 5, Premier system. That's been terrible for comprehension purposes. But you would need to have, you you could not get away with being a com one company that was issuing separate paychecks at different tiers for different gendered employees. You would really have to, to make that equal. And Reem, you were saying in Squash, that's what happened. They made all the prize money equal after the tours merged, and it's been uh at times acrimonious from the men yeah so yeah i interviewed the the psa chairman today and he clarified some things so what they did because obviously you need to ease tournaments into this and the difference between squash and tennis is that the tour is so solely owned by the players and represents the players like it doesn't it's not like uh how it is now with tennis that it's a partnership between tournaments and players okay so what they did was all the top tier tournaments, they made sure they offered equal prize money. So let's say, for example, the if we're comparing that to tennis, we'd say that the Master 1000s for the men and let's say the Premier Mandatory for the women, those they made sure that they offer equal prize money and maybe a couple of other tiers as well. And what they did is they told tournaments that they're not allowed to slash their prize money in order to equalize it. So let's say if they were offering $100,000, they were not allowed to say, okay, now we're going to offer 50 for the men, 50 for the women. No, they needed to find a way to get an extra $100,000. So that, that, that was not like an easy thing, but they gave them time. I think they gave them a timeline of three years to reach equal prize money. Uh, there are still some events that are different tiers that are separate ones that aren't equal, apparently. But the big ones, they ha they offer equal prize money in terms of the World Championship, like the, the older big tournament, the Tournament of Champions that's actually in New York City. Like there's a, there's a bunch of tournaments now that they have that, that offer equal prize money. And definitely I agree with you that that has to happen if the tours merge. Yeah. No, absolutely. We got. I got an email actually from a listener who was seeing the tweet about us about to talk about this and quickly chimed in. So shout out to her for being fast on her email, uh, Rachel Lowe, who uh, talks about I guess something the Andy Roddick tweeted, which I have not seen. Um, but yeah, what she and she sort of expressing some skepticism as well. She says uh, what isn't a given is why the ATP felt a need to have Roger push out this tweet, which is again she's assuming that AT, Roger was tweeting this at the behest of ATP, which is. Not impossible. I don't. That's not confirmed, but it's it's a theory. Uh, there's backstory to this, she says. And at first glance, I'd say there may be a hiccup or several between the ATP and WTA discussions on this merger. Uh, Andy Roddick stated some valid points today regarding new operating business model, financials, potential staff layoffs that will happen with the merger of the two orgs. Uh, this has to make business and financial sense on the back end, not just the front end. And I question how many tennis players actually understand the business aspect of a merger. Not saying it isn't doable, nor not a good idea, but for Roger to tweet out what he did without any context, well, I find it a bit reckless as you have all these well-known tennis players tweeting out agreement without having a solid understanding of how this would all unfold. And yeah, so that, that is sort of, she's looking down the road, but you know that's probably true. If, if these two tours merge into one company, there would be people who would probably be considered redundant in their staffing. You know, where they don't need, they wouldn't need as many communications people, they wouldn't need as many 
stats managers, as many tournament organizers, as many player relations, things like that. I mean, so that if they think maybe that's one way to look at this, if they are having financial hardships. And yes, and we should point out like the tours, yes, are not are in a moment of financial uh, relative financial hurt right now, let's say like there's no tenants happening. They're not making money right now. And so maybe that shifts the scale of the equation more as a sort of wartime alliance than if it was like a, this was a peacetime coming together. They're sort of both potentially have reasons to be desperate if you want to. I don't know their books and I'm not sure if I, how many people know their books that well. But yeah, all this coming together, it means there's some sort of fire being lit under them that, that we're not that we're only just now seeing the smoke of maybe. Yeah, I mean, one of the things Darren brought up today was the was that obviously there would be some sort of loss of jobs, and actually, it's not even a, just with communication teams and all of that. Even at the top, you're 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 gonna have one board. You can't have two boards. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't every everything from top to bottom has to merge. If it maybe the only thing that makes sense actually is if maybe this is a purely financial decision. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that would make it make sense, right? And it just it just makes me wonder with this so clearly coming from the men's side in this moment, and usually the women have been the ones who talk more about the idea of merging, and they get the ones to get asked more about it. Uh, the women get asked about the men way more than the men get asked about the women. The general rule in tennis, um, but maybe this coming from the ATP shows some sort of more eagerness financially. Something in the men's calculations is telling them that this is the right time to take on the women's tour. Whether they see this as we need help. Or they see this as the women are vulnerable. Let's go get them. Either one of those could could be the case. So many women have tweeted back. A lot of top players. I've seen uh, Garbini, Muguruza, Petra Kvitova, Simona Halep, Sanya Mirza. I saw Mark. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Kiki Mladenovic. Um, so many. Car- Karolina Pliskova. No, sorry, not Karolina Pliskova. That was Dani Valverdu who coaches a, a men's player and a women's player. But no, like I've seen so many respond and jump on it very quickly. So that makes me also think... With positivity, yeah? With positivity. All of the names I just said, and Sloane Stevens and Donna Vekic, two, two, two players who are on the WTA Player Council, um, saying that they totally agree and are welcoming this and stronger together and all of the stuff. So... That, for me, was also surprising. I mean, if they're responding so fast, have they thought it through? Did they already know about it? Have these discussions been happening openly between both tours and both of them are welcoming it? Did they agree that Roger should be the first person to put it out there? Did it not? I don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know. The Roger thing is, I I think, as, as Rachel's email sort of hints at, like, Roger is the most popular and probably the most influential person in tennis. Mm-hmm. right yeah so if if this is an idea that's brewing and you want somebody to attach it to there's nobody with a higher but in political terms higher approval rating than roger on tour so roger would be the person best suited to sort of lead this charge at this moment whereas you know <laughs> I, jamie hampton had some funny tweets where she was saying like if this happens after so long and the men get credit for it like i'll be so mad because uh, this has been something the women have been talking more openly for a longer time but obviously and the men had shown largely a lack of interest in doing this. And certainly corporate ATP would never mention to them. They were not interested. They're the ones who, you know, used to have like a combined uh, ATP WTA live streaming service on tennis TV and essentially push the women out of that. You know, they've been, they have not been conciliatory or welcoming in 
lately. And yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, it's so many questions would that happen. Like, would you still have uh single gender tournaments? If you have this would like Monte Carlo, which is, I think what would be happening this week on tour. Um, would Monte Carlo have to become a combined event? Would the women ever get to play Monte Carlo now? Would they have a combined year in championships? Would they have a combined this, that, and the other, you know, I mean, like labor cup, I mean, like all sorts of different things could be talked about here. Uh, this would just be a lot of dominoes that would fall. And it just seemed like with this just wondering dot, 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 it's a very sort of like pseudo casual way for Federer to introduce this idea in a way that does not feel, that feels much more calculated than that. And I think that's what kind of gets my, my, uh, my guard up. Which is why also I think it's important to look at historical uh, facts and recent facts. So, for example, you mentioned tennis TV, that it had the men and the women, and then it split, right? A yeah. lot of people criticized WTA TV and, 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 and that they started without actually having a proper platform, and there's no app until now. They still don't have an app, yeah. Fact, and I understand that, and I know you tweet a lot about that. But I also ask, why did they need to leave? They obviously felt the need to leave because they did not feel that they were being fairly represented to other i don't know right you know you know what i'm getting at it was not a fair situation yeah. they needed to extricate themselves out of that situation obviously things were not lined up properly but they they did what they could and i actually use wta tv all the time yes i wish there was an app but also i'm using it all the time even when i'm at a tournament so it, why did the men say no to billy jean that okay this was 50 years ago but actually larry scott left his post at the WTA in 2009 and the, one of the two main reasons he said he was leaving is because he wanted to a merger and the men didn't want that. To go the history of it, I mean, like Billie Jean talks about this example, when the men, and I don't, I, I'm a little rusty in the example on the details of this, but when the men boycotted Wimbledon in the early 70s, I believe it was 73, uh, when there was an issue over a player being ruled ineligible for Wimbledon because of his Davis Cup play. I think it was Nikki Pilic, I think, the Yugoslav player at the time. He, um, the men boycotted, and Billie Jean said, oh, yeah, we would love to help you out in solidarity and boycott also. And the men were like, we don't need you. Go away. Like, they won't even let the women not play with them. Like, they're, they're just like, their opposition has been so entrenched uh, and for so long, and the sort of disdain with which people in men's tennis have talked about women's tennis for a long time has been well documented. Um yeah, and and you know honestly, with and Nadal is today's thing. It's the most striking one because he's been uh, has not been in favor of equal prize money. Uh, I think it's fair to say he has sometimes danced around that, but he's definitely never supported it. And he's talked about how it's you know how oh these just the way things are. And infamously, he talks about how male models you know don't get paid the same as women, and is that unfair too? And trying to what about the conversation? So yeah, all that is to say, like these are these are some major tide shifts that came pretty suddenly today, pretty jarring. Um, yeah, and we'll see. And other players might not be for it. I mean, Nick Kyrgios, actually, a little bit surprisingly to me, seemed to tweet some skepticism about this idea. Uh, he tweeted, did anyone ask the majority of the ATP what they think about merging with the WTA and how it's good for us? Like, uh, and Nick has always been a pretty w pro-WTA person. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little surprised that he's one of the more openly skeptical. Um, just going through other tweets, Serena had a tweet that deleted it that said, oh, that was supposed to be confidential and not supposed to be shared yet. Um, which who knows if it's about this, but on this day, it's easy to think that it might be and what she would think about it or what the other, and, and she and Venus, uh, particularly as the two elder stateswomen of the tour now, like they have been in the meetings and been on the player council and seen the opposition that was there. They would like know 
what the battles have been in the past in a way that younger WTA players maybe more eagerly quote tweeting Roger uh, might not. So all that is to say, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Any 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 other thoughts on this, Reem? As we for for me at the up? end of the day, I I I like to think that if this ever happens, there needs to be equity in every possible way, not just money. There need that women have to have an equal voice equal importance. The men really need to buy in the value add that is coming from the women. Uh, and this is a, it sounds to me right now, this sounds like a utopia. I don't even know if that will happen, you know. And the one player who I have spoken to who has shown skepticism from the women's side is Ons Jabur. Ons, Ons said, well, I have many questions. Why now? And she brought up Brisbane as well. Saying like yeah. that was that that was not great, even though she wasn't there, but she wasn't happy with the situation, and and she's just saying, hey, listen, we we need to understand, we need to understand, and and why do we have to say yes now that the men will finally have us, which which is at the end of the day, I totally agree in a way in like, let's just question everything. Let's look at it. And let's be real. In tennis, the way things happen and the way things in general, look how t- it's already taking them forever to figure out the ATP Cup versus Davis Cup situation. And like, this might take forever to figure out. Like, you know what I mean? Like when they actually come down and look at the details, they might not agree. Even with, even with the will, it might be hard to find a way to sort of parse that expression. I mean, like, yeah, there's me a lot of, a lot of, things to do unless it's really a very one-sided again i'm not sure if i'm using this term right i don't think i am it's sort of a hostile takeover like one just swallows the other in this case it would almost certainly be atp swallowing wta i don't think anyone's gonna swallow anyone but yeah how how, how wta gets digested in that situation i don't know but uh you mentioned sort of equal equal on other fronts and i want to bring up because we mentioned this in our chat before uh madrid which is an example of a tournament that is a combined event does have equal prize money. It is equal prize money, equal sort of tiers in that the women are premier mandatory and the men are uh, masters 1000. And so it's different than Canada, Cincinnati and Rome when they try to sort of throw, uh, split that hair. But Madrid is one of the worst tournaments for women there is. I mean, Madrid, like the women get put on really terrible court times. Uh, they can just get shafted with the scheduling constantly their final is like a day earlier and sometimes between the men's semis, like they're, you know, they're just not treated with respect there at all. And that's a, a, a sort of cautionary scenario, I think, for what the women should be wary of coming in. And also I should point out that Jan Tiriak, who is the owner of the Madrid tournament, has been, I think, suing WTA to get out of the contract that demands equal pay and equal treatment because he thinks that it shouldn't be the case. So that's an example of disharmony in action right there, that tournament. Uh yeah, and so that's a just because things are merged or together or equal pay even doesn't mean it'll be the end of issues. And what the women are thinking probably is that if they do merge, uh, they might lose their leverage, you know, as an independent body, which is why there are still seven independent people at the table in tennis, because they all don't want to give up the power they think they have to cede your control uh, is, is uh, you know, is something to be very cautious of sometimes in tennis. It can be for there can be grander ideas behind it, but it can still have a bit of uh, you know buyer beware of what you're of what you're getting here, especially with these two long time sort of frenemy organizations how they know each other. Well, if we want to be positive and think up in an optimistic way and everything, let's assume that if there are negotiations happening and it's not like a one sided thing and and they're talking that 
whoever drafts this the 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 like the roadmap for this new situation and it just does it right and whoever is advocating for the women's side is someone who really understands the value that the women are bringing and can really somehow have everything written down in a way and a proper rule book and everything where the you can guarantee that the women are not going to get shafted the way you mentioned at a Madrid tournament or something else. Um, yeah. Let's just hope that that would happen. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I don't know if even it can, it will happen just because of it might not be easy to agree on stuff. Yeah, completely. And just people who value them. And again, that's why to, to hammer the nail at him again, like Rafael Nadal is not someone who I've ever seen valuing women's tennis quote unquote. And so for him to suddenly be talking about unifying without me really thinking that he's ever shown that kind of uh, admiration or respect or equal footing for the women's game. Uh, you know, he's the person who last year said, I am more than Barty when asked about quarter placements at Wimbledon. And I know that was obviously like whatever that, that statement just doesn't stand alone, but it was part of a larger thread with him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm I was excited at first and things were starting to come together a little bit, but now they're almost moving too fast in a way that makes me uncomfortable. So we'll see how all this plays out. It's a, uh, it's an interesting sort of uh, first move here in, uh, or a big move, let's say, not the first move, but a big move in this uh, stall time of the tour. Just speaking of Nadal quickly, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in a way that he just doesn't find it difficult to talk about women's tennis. Because for me, it wasn't about him being negative or positive. He would, he would almost refuse to answer certain questions because he's like, I'll always get in trouble. And I don't think that it's a topic that is so, it's like almost, oh my God, I can't touch this. No, by the way, it's a beautiful subject. Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Right. For me, that is the main problem with the stance in that, oh, I'm not touching this. What? Whereas actually, no, if you can say reasonable stuff and if, you know, like it, at the end of the day, this discussion is important. And if anything, what's happening right now is going to open up discussions, I hope, because this needs to be discussed. Well, thank you very much, Reem, for being here on the show. We will, I will, standing invitation for you to come back if and when there are more major developments on this story uh, and other prospects of merging as they come along. Uh, hope you are well, wherever you are in the world. How's, how's your uh, quick quarantine life checkup? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm in Abu Dhabi actually at my sister's, and I've actually like kind of been in in self isolation and kind of my own lockdown since like March eighth. Um, so it's been it's been a long time. It's probably been since the last time we spoke, because I think we spoke right after I finished Fed Cup, right? Yeah, we did an episode on Indian Wells canceling, I believe. Exactly. So I, I I finished the three weeks of tennis in Dubai, and then couldn't leave because everything shut down. So I just stayed here. So yeah, it's been a long time, but I'm fine. I'm I'm being productive when I want to be productive. I'm being lazy when I want to be lazy. I'm obviously a bit anxious about just the general health of everybody and everything's going on and 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 just yeah, checking up on people as much as I can. I have this weird urge all the time to check up on everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm as good as can be given all those circumstances. Very good to hear that. People can follow you as always, Reem, on Twitter at Reem Abuleil and at your Patreon yes. at Reem Abuleil as well. And thank you for following and listening to NCR as well. You can follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis and on our Patreon, patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. 
want to give a special shout out to our recent Patreon backers since the last show we did. Uh, Sharice Dick and Jack Kessler. Thank you for signing on. And we did recently a Patreon-only episode with me and Courtney, uh, which I know one of our Patreon listeners, at least, Rima Baleo, listened to our Oh my God, I loved it so much because I was actually (laughs) going to text you both and say, hey, let's do like a group chat, a group like Zoom or something. And then after I listened to it, I was like, I'm good. We're caught up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would love to have you contribute actually in our conversations in the future too. But uh but yeah, I'm glad we could do that. I'm glad people have enjoyed the Patreon chats. Yeah, we have a couple, I think three now Patreon-only episodes, including two on Quarantine Life. Again, that's patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. Also want to thank our Slam Champ level backers who are Jonathan Weinbaum, Liz Kinnell, Mary Carrillo, Chuang Nguyen, and Betty. And our GOAT backer, J-O-D. And that's it for the plugs. Leave us reviews on iTunes and other places. That helps us a bunch. If you can do that, take... 30 seconds to do that means a lot to us. And yeah, tell your friends to listen to NCR and to follow Reem and all those good things. Uh, Reem, stay well. Hope hope all is well there. And we'll chat again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Ben. Bye, guys. Bye.